This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. WJIM Lansing and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome in. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Live from the Price Right RV Studios here on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. I'm Beanie. You can hear me weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. My show's called Offensive Minded. We're also joined today, pinch hitting for the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, is someone he works with over in the TV part of the world, Kellen Buddy from WILX News 10. How are you today? I'm good, man. Um, new arrival. Thought we were going on at 12.30, so that's on me. You made it but in I time. I made it. Who cares? Yeah, you're here. We appreciate yeah. it. And as always, <laughs> Brock Palmbush doing the Lord's work, uh, Wizard of Oz for us. He's also heard week- weekdays on Stout on Sports with Tim, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. How are you doing today, Good, Brock? good day, gentlemen. Uh, great day here. Weather-wise here in Michigan, not so much in College Park, Maryland. The remnants of Hurricane Ian, a factor today. Definitely. And... We will get to that, I'm sure, more than once because it's it's going to be a factor in Michigan State's game at Maryland, but it's going to be a factor in virtually every game played on the Eastern Seaboard today. And most importantly, I'm bearing the lead, this is going to impact sports gambling today. <laughs> People have to consider the weather when they're looking at all the lines, overs and unders and all that stuff today, and we'll have time to eventually get to that. But before we do, I want to remind you that the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show is an interactive tailgate show. You can give us a call. Our studio line is open. The phone number, 517-300-4263. If you want to wrap on any of these issues, and Lord knows there are many when it comes to Michigan State football, and we'll dive into all of them today. You're also more than welcome to contribute uh, to the discourse via either of these stations' free apps. So it's the Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ app. Or the 1240 WJIM app, both free and available wherever you get your apps. Not only can you take both stations with you wherever you go, listen live, listen on demand to certain programs. Uh, For this tailgate show, you can send a free message in through the main menu clicking chat. You just click chat in the main menu, sends over a free text to us. You can interact with the show that way. Cool? All right. And a programming note before we get rolling here for uh, regular listeners of... 94.9 MMQ, 
And also 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker. Regular Saturday programming is available today during Michigan State coverage on the streaming devices, such as either app or your Alexa device, or even each website for the stations there. So WMMQ.com and WJIMAM.com. Also, this is specifically for Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ listeners. All requests Saturday night will start at 7 p.m. as usual. However, it will be only available on the digital streams, whether that's through the app, the website, whatever streaming device you may have, it will be joined in progress on the terrestrial linear signal once Michigan State network coverage from the Spartan Media Network has concluded tonight. All right, we got our housekeeping out of the way. So let's dig in. Michigan State at Maryland. We are, excuse me, some, what, three and a half hours away. Well, things have gotten out of hand quickly for Michigan State football. (laughs) It's a completely different tenor and timbre from two weeks ago. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, <laughs> I guess I, I think the topic today is doesn't Michigan State have to, and this isn't about anything other than just uh, this particular game, they have to win this game, and I'm not getting into the must-win thing, but it's worse than that. Michigan State has to win this game today in order to prove to the whole world, and especially its fan base, that this is not 2016, that the bottom hasn't fallen out, that the wheels aren't off the buggy, and this thing is going straight to hell in a handbasket, right? Isn't that what's on the line today? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're we're obviously going to touch on on this stuff a little later. But Spartan fans want a bowl game from Michigan State. They need to win this game so that they can actually have a chance to fight for that in the latter stages of the season. Because after this game, like we got right here in our notes, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Yeah, it's going to be a brutal October. There's there's a chance that they beat Wisconsin, and the way they're playing right now, I don't see that likely. Yeah, I think uh, we're looking at November till they get their next win. Me personally, and that would mean two and six. So, if you win today, it does change the outlook. All of a sudden, you're three and two, and you just need three more to get to the the bowl game. And I think you're right, Kellen. I, I think the bowl game is very important. Not because it's a bowl game, and then you can say you went to a bowl game. No, it's important because the main issue <clears throat> excuse me, with this program right now is the talent level. And that's because the last few years of the Mark D'Antonio era, let's just say the recruiting wasn't great. It was more on par with MAC programs than Big right. Ten programs. Right. So with so many of those players still in the program, and Tucker only in he's only really had seriously two recruiting classes, so it's going to be at least another year or two before we start seeing those players develop and take significant playing time. Right, he has to get the most out of developing them, and that's why you need the bowl game, twenty extra practices. Right, so as the way I see it, for the rest of the season, Mel Tucker has two key priorities, and it has nothing to do with beating Michigan, beating Ohio State, whatever. None of that. It's way, way simpler. One, you got to avoid the 2016 thing where the bottom falls out because you got to salvage the bowl game, like we just said, if only for the extra practices. And then number two, and this might be the bigger priority, he has to keep that 2023 recruiting class together. Right. Has to. Because, again, the whole issue with the program is the players simply aren't good enough. If you were watching Minnesota last week and you wondered how in the hell did we go from 11 wins to we can't do anything against Minnesota, it's a simple answer, honestly. 
where does talent most manifest itself in college football? Like, where is talent disparity between two teams in college football most obvious? On the line. It always shows up most on the offensive and defensive line. And if, if you think about the, the big programs who are in the mix every year, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State specifically, those three, they always have a ton of NFL players on the offensive line, and then they have NFL-quality pass rushers regularly. Okay, So Michigan State, do you see any bona fide NFL guys on either line? Right. That's, that's the biggest issue, right? right? So uh, Tucker has to has to keep this 23 class together, which is, you know, currently a top 25 class, and it's going to take – he had a top 25 one last year. It's probably going to take three or four in a row before we can start getting to that level, right? Yeah. And I know, uh, you know, college football is a lot of recruiting chatter. It always is. Um, and the rankings and all that, the stars, some people buy in, some people don't. The bottom line is you don't have to believe in the rankings or the stars. All you got to do – all you got to know – to know that the talent level of the program is a serious issue is since Mel Tucker took over, 55 Mark D'Antonio players have transferred out of the program. Five of them landed at Power 5 schools. And one of those five is Kalen Gervin, who's a backup at Kansas. Translation, this is a MAC roster. That's why they're getting bullied against Power 5 competition on the line. So with that being said... What's the outlook for today? <laughs> well, you know, guys, you're talking about going back to 2016. I wrote about this earlier in the week on the Game730AM.com. This Nice plug. Yeah, great plug. Well, Strong plug. Well, well, our sister station, the Game730AM.com, I was going back to 2002, the year Bobby Williams was fired, and it was just a complete mess, and it was just uh, they were 4-8 and eight with high expectations, sort of like this year. But uh, and they finished four and eight that year. Yeah. You guys are right. They need to win this game today to get confidence and to get to three and two. Because if they do lose this game, you are looking at two and six after probable losses to Ohio State, Michigan, and maybe Wisconsin. Wisconsin probably the most winnable of the three, at least the way Michigan State's playing uh, right now. Uh, if you're old enough to remember, nobody wants to see uh, what happened with 2002. Yeah, and I don't think we're I don't think we're there because that was more than just a massive disappointment on the field. There were off the field issues, uh, yes. bad, and yeah. there's none of that going on. And if, right? If, if this is football, like specific, right? It, we're we're disappointed in what we've seen in the games. And if you're old enough to remember, uh, Mickey York of Fox Sports Detroit, then now Bally Sports, was in the locker room asking Bobby Williams, Bobby, do you think you've lost the team? And when he said, I don't know, two days later, he was let go by then-athletic director Ron Mason. Right. He might as well have said yes. Um, Brock, so, real quick, Brock, you talked about the, the confidence portion of it. It's Maryland, but this is a good Maryland team. Like, when we talk about their game last week against Michigan, I don't think that's a bad performance from Michigan. I thought that was a good performance from Maryland. So this is a good team, and if MSU can come out of College Park with a win, I think that does a lot for not only their team, but maybe the fan base as well. But if rain and wind is a factor, uh, that would make the passing game maybe not as effective. Well, what we've what have we seen from Michigan State in the running game? Not a whole heck of a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. all week I've heard that, that... Um... The, the weather could bail Michigan State out here because Maryland is a very, you know, Air Coriel, 1970s Chargers kind of offense. Which you but, saw that last week. But uh, I guess, isn't that 
going both ways because Michigan State on offense hasn't done a lot, but everything they have done seems to have come via the pass. So what I'm saying is if it is if it is super windy, which it's supposed to be, and the ball is slick, which it's supposed to be, that's a problem for both teams. I'm not sure it's the clear-cut advantage uh, Michigan State that we might think it is. Not sure. Um, but, hey, that's a free topic for you to weigh in on on the other side of the radio or streaming device. Again, give us a call. Weigh in on the discourse here, 517-300-4263. And, you know, Michigan State, if they don't get it done in Maryland today, yeah, we're looking at two and three with a, a – obviously, you can't feel good about the rest of this month. And you got to be realistic that you're looking at two and six with the slate Ohio State, Wisconsin, and then a bye week before going to Ann Arbor. But really, it's worse than just two and six because the November slate. Look, if this team can't go into Maryland and win, why would we feel good about them going into Champaign Urbana and winning? And that's the next game and the first game in November. That's the, that's game right after Michigan, right? That's November fifth. Yep. 5th, yep. Right. After that, they host Rutgers, and I know it's Rutgers, but Rutgers started three and one. They were three and zero until I get it. That's bad that you let Iowa score some points, but still, I'm saying if if. If where we're at is we're really not thinking they're going to do well at Maryland, why would we think that Rutgers is still a lock cinch, right? Before hosting Indiana on November 19th, and then, of course, ending the season with their uh, manufactured rivalry game at Penn State. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's bleak. It's obviously really bleak. If you lose today, you're guaring, you're basically guaranteeing yourself a 2-6 and six start to the season. Mm-hmm. You'll be 2-6 and six to start November, meaning if you want to salvage a bowl game and specifically those extra practices for all those young players, you would have to go undefeated in November. And does anyone think this team is capable of winning four in a row at any point, especially at the end of the season? I don't see how you could feel good about that at all. It does feel like a watershed kind of moment for Michigan State football today. It really does. Yeah. And last week we talked about it. Was is it a must win? Because look how brutal the October schedule is. Well, we've we've established a, a new low between, like even further below that crawl space. There's a new low. Yeah, Beanie, how surprised are you by that performance by Michigan State? And, and combined with how good Minnesota looked, Minnesota's better than I thought they were. And what was it that uh, Windman, the linebacker, said after the game? We planned for them to run the ball. We didn't expect Tanner Morgan to throw the ball. Well, he did throw the ball, and he was very effective. Yeah, so that alarmed me yeah. when he said that. He said all week we were preparing for them to run the ball, and then they came out throwing. So let me be clear. I know the fan, pay, the fan base wants the pound of flesh. They want Scotty Hazleton fired yesterday. You know, They want him fired in season. I could give it or take it. Like, go ahead. I guess I would be fine with it if they fired Scotty Hazleton. What I'm saying is, though, I don't think it would make a difference. No, I don't think you can change and fix this right. end season, but because I think most of the problems as we've delineated is talent level mm-hmm. is that's the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. However, how can you not know? How can your coaches not be preparing your players on this specific defense for any and every opponent to want to air it out against you? I don't care that Minnesota wants to play, you know, nineteen seventies Bow and Woody football. I, yeah. That shouldn't matter. You could have Air Force come in here or Army, and they'd want to throw the ball because they've seen the success everyone else has. Right. How can you miss that? I, I just that blew my mind, and that's definitely not a good sign. Um, but as far as how surprised was I? Definitely, I, I didn't think they'd get shellacked at home. I, I I thought the program was past that, 
I don't think um, it was an effort issue. I don't think it's because the players didn't care or weren't trying because uh, they were. Right. And so there's a difference between 2002 and now, right? There's been no quit. Because near the end of the season, there was re- there was very, very big signs of you know guys quitting and uh that hasn't happened yet and it's you know it's too early to do that they are two and two again another reason why this is an important game hey who took over for him when they fired him in season Uh, was it morris watts morris watts yeah and they did beat indiana to get the old brass platoon back right and so that's another thing fans are saying hey fire scotty hazelton in season because sometimes that does like a circling the wagons effect Mm -hmm. it did for 2002 but that was the head coach you know right that was different that was a very big firing in season. The defensive coordinator, I don't like. I really don't think it makes a, a difference. And by the way, why isn't anyone mentioning this? The fan base wants the defensive coordinator fired because the defense is bad. He's doing what the head coach wants him to do. It's the head coach's defense. Tucker's a defensive coach. He's not one of these offensive coaches who just hires a defensive coordinator and says, you have your sandbox, I have mine. That's not what's going on. He's intimately involved. In fact, he coaches the defensive backs. So... Um, I just don't see what difference it would make. But disappointing, surprising, yeah. I didn't see that coming yesterday, and I agree. M- Minnesota's super underrated, particularly, obviously, Abraham's an NFL-quality running back. But to me, I think Minnesota's defense is a legitimately excellent defense, and their defensive line showed it. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. And one thing when when we talk about the, the no-quit in, in Michigan State, I think that does a lot for... Um, if I'm a recruit, you know, I don't really care about the results, you know, the wins and losses. I want to see, you know, is this a, is this a school that has a good attitude? Is this a school that knows how to be disciplined and and knows that quitting isn't allowed is it's not acceptable. Um, uh, that's a big, that's a big thing for me. And I, and I think if the recruits can, can kind of see that, yeah, there is no quit. And I feel like I can make a difference on this team with this kind of an effort and this kind of an attitude. I think that's going to, you know, work well in the future. But yeah, um, a, a record as a recruit, if I'm looking at that, it's it's sure not super appealing. But you know, there there's more to a football team than wins and losses. Yeah, and recruiting isn't necessarily all about that, right? You can right. You, you can have a bad season, and that could help you in recruiting because then your pitch is, hey. You can come play right away for me. Right. I need the help now. It's like the Detroit Lions. <laughs> God, that, that just shows good, you how bad it's Is been. that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a good thing, you know, a terrible record, but <laughs> you can see the teams making a turnaround at least in terms of attitude. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could see what you're saying there. Yeah. Um so I, I just feel like everything about Michigan's football, Michigan State football the rest of this season is about the long term because mm-hmm. it's the recruiting is the key thing. That's the lifeblood you're, of where we're we are. You're talking about 2023. Uh, yes, we keep hearing their 2023 class is really, really good, really highly touted and everything. But like you said earlier, they are unsigned. They can't sign until December at the earliest. Right. Yeah. So, His top job, I think, has to be to keep them together. And again, you won't see the impacts of that until at least 2025, really. Right. right. It, it takes time. Maybe 2024. But Think yeah. about this. When you go, even at like, okay, Top program, bottom program, doesn't matter. If you get a five-star offensive lineman, you don't want to see him on the field until his third year on campus. That's how it works on offensive line. That's what Michigan State is dealing with. It's going to be a – I don't see next year being much better. 
I think we're looking at 24 by the time it all kind of manifests and, and, and looks like, hey, this guy has gotten some really good players and increased the talent profile significantly. Right. All right, cool. Uh, we got a ton more to dig into today about this, and we'll be here with you until 2 p.m. Stick with us. First break coming up on the other side. Talk a little bit more about this game. Talk a little bit more about the specifics and the matchup. Also, of course, we will keep you updated on all the action around the college football universe today. Top 25 and Big Ten. You're listening to the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on 1240 WJM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. The Student Bookstore. 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your uh, weather, first for College Park, Maryland. Yeah, the uh, remnants of Hurricane Ian affecting the game. Maybe not as much as originally thought. Uh, It's going to be showers, drizzle pretty much throughout the game. Not much of accumulation. Only mm, somewhere close to a half inch maybe, uh, but not too bad. High temperature of 62. The wind will be a factor. Northeast winds 15 to 20, consistent throughout the game, gusting as high as 30 miles an hour. It'll cool off when we get later on into the game. Uh, later on in the game in the fourth quarter, the low temperature will be in the mid-50s. Here, pretty much the complete opposite. Absolutely gorgeous fall day here in East Lansing. Mostly sunny skies. High temperature of close to 70 degrees. Right now, it is 60 degrees. and You can look outside. It is mostly sunny and gorgeous. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. And welcome back in White Law PLLC Tailgate Show from those Price Right RV studios here on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bank Mortgage Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial Craig Stiles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. Before we get back into the topic here, MSU at Maryland, 3.30 today. We're taking you to the tailgate show here, taking you up to 2 o'clock. Let's take a look around the country. Top 25 action. Number 4, Michigan at Iowa. Up 7 to nothing. 5.20 left in the first quarter. Number 14, Ole Miss. 7 to nothing lead halfway through the first quarter over number 7, Kentucky. That's in Biloxi. Oxford, I believe. Oxford. Yeah. Miss, is that near Biloxi? Uh, maybe. I don't know Mississippi. Very I, I well. don't know. Number 18, Oklahoma. On the road, Texas Christian. Horn Frogs up 7 to nothing early first. Purdue up 7 to nothing in Minnesota. Number 21, Gophers. Halfway through the first quarter. Number 25, Kansas State. Man, were they impressive last week. Adrian Martinez looked like he made a... Well, let's just say he won the divorce with Nebraska, right? Yeah. Torching Oklahoma almost single-handedly. Yeah, but, but defense at Oklahoma is optional. You know that. Defense at all the Big 12 is Pretty optional. much, yeah, yeah. It's way Maybe ahead. that's why this fan base here in this part of the world is so upset with the defensive coordinator. Because he came from Kansas State. <laughs> 10 to nothing, Kansas State, by the way, right now. Over Texas Tech with about five minutes left in the first 
first quarter. Shifting gears, let's look around the Big Ten in unranked action. Right now in Madison, this is a heavyweight matchup, guys. Illinois and Wisconsin locked up at seven. About four minutes left in the first quarter. All right, there's your scoreboard. I wanted to shift gears now. Let's talk a little bit about both Big Ten schools in this state because we just mentioned Michigan has a 7 and nothing lead over Iowa already. I see they're facing a 4th and 9 at about Iowa's 45, 44 right now. Um, honest to God, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but if Michigan doesn't turn the ball over, they should win at least 7 to nothing today already. That might be enough. Um, but before we dig into that like in the specifics, it just seems like it's a huge weekend for both schools, obviously on different trajectories and in different ways. And what I mean is it seems kind of like a put-up-or-shut-up weekend for both. For Michigan State, put-up-or-shut-up that this thing isn't completely off the rails and death-spiraling into a 2016 situation. For Michigan, put-up-or-shut-up that you made the right call, you know, pushing out the quarterback that brought you your best season in a quarter century for this kid. Put, put up or shut up that you made the right choice at quarterback. And also, I think you obviously can't accomplish this all in one game. But And, and Iowa isn't some world beater this year, although their defense is. But winning at Kinnick is always hard, even when it's not at night. So for Michigan, it's kind of like a, a put up or shut up to help validate what happened last year. That it's not just a one-year fluke, and then we're going to go back to the norm of Ohio State just dominating this year. So with that in mind, who do you guys think needs to put up or shut up more? Like, what? Which one matters more? Is it is more on the line for Michigan in this put up or shut up kind of weekend, or is it Michigan State? I think it's Michigan State. Feel free to expound. Yeah, please. We're go here. on. We're here till two. Go. You've got time. Yeah, go on. So, uh, like we just talked about, you know, this is a good Maryland football team. Michigan State has had a uh, a subpar season. I think we can all agree about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan State wins this game against Maryland. The uh, uh, hope is not lost in East Lansing for fans. I think Michigan can. I, I don't think they will. And frankly, I'll be shocked if Michigan loses to Iowa today. But I feel like they can afford to lose. Their season's not over. They lose to Iowa. Michigan State's season might be over if they lose to Maryland. I, well, I don't know. Because if Michigan loses at Iowa, then that fan base is rabid at J.J. McCarthy now. And Cade's hurt. So... Maybe that's honest to God. Tim and I talked about it a couple weeks ago when it happened. Uh, obviously, you don't ever want to see anyone get hurt. Right. But Cade McNamara getting hurt did Jim Harbaugh a huge favor. It did. It made his decision so much easier. Well, imagine what happens if Cade was available last weekend when J.J. was overthrowing every deep ball and looked straight up uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for Blake Corum, Michigan would have lost that game. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and like they're up seven to nothing right now in Iowa, but you know, Iowa has a great defense. So if it gets, if it gets shaky for J.J. in there, if Cade McNamara was on the bench, all of a sudden thoughts start creeping into the right. back of any human's minds, especially the fan base, right? I feel like I get what you're saying. Michigan State's season is in a f- like free fall if they lose today. If we aren't already there, it yeah, for sure it, it's, is. Right? It's, it's important for both teams for reasons we've talked about with State. Keeps their season alive. They can go to a decent bowl game. Still can possibly win seven, maybe eight games uh, at most. For Michigan, it's important because 
they are one of 21 teams that still has that, well, now 20 because Washington got beat last night, that still have the zero in the loss column. And you want to keep that zero uh, in the loss column as long as you possibly can because the way college football is with the playoff now, it's like a sieve, you know? And every time somebody loses, uh, that team gets shaken out of the sieve, shaken below the sieve, and then whoever's left plays for the national championship at the end of the season, and that's the ultimate goal. This is not 1978, guys, where go to win the Big Ten, go to the Rose Bowl, and that's good enough. That's well, not good enough anymore. I feel like the schedule for Michigan, even like hardcore Michigan cultists would agree, the schedule is going to guarantee at least 10 wins. At least that's what we all thought coming into the season, and we saw no different. Maybe until last week, maybe. Yeah. If they drop the game at Iowa, all of a sudden... It's on, right? Then mm-hmm. a lot of those games you're not so sure about. And by the way, you know, Michigan has a game um, next week to go to Indiana. That one I'm not as interested in. But two weeks, Penn State comes to Ann Arbor, and Penn State generally gets their ass kicked in Ann Arbor if you don't include the pandemic year. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if Michigan struggles against Iowa, if J.J. McCarthy struggles again today, then, you know, you, you, it's going to be a talking point. Um, but the good news for them is Cade McNamara, I know this sounds macabre, but the good news is he's hurt. So you, right. you don't have that, you know. Right. They don't They don't have a choice. Unless you want uh, Alan Bowman, a fifth-year junior transfer from uh, Texas Tech. Hey, he th- wasn't he one for one against UConn? <laughs> <laughs> he also threw six touchdowns in a game once back in the Texas Tech days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a kid named Orgy. I am not making that up. I think it's Orgy. Well, yeah, uh, I know. Alex not, Orgi. That's yeah, not what my people are Yeah, doing. I understand. I understand. But they, they, there's freshmen that are go- – they've got like two or three freshmen on the team, and they don't want to, you know, you know, use up their red shirts. So I would think it w- if, if it gets down to that point where McCarthy gets hurt, you've got Alan Bowman, you've got redshirt freshman Davis Warren, and then a whole bunch of other guys that are like fresh uh, – other freshmen that have barely played. You know, I wonder if – because he looked – he looked uncomfortable and reticent pulling the ball down and running around last week. And, again, maybe that's just how he is. We haven't seen a ton of him when he's, like, the actual guy. That was, that was like, let's be real. That was his first real game, his first real start last week. I'm not counting the high school non-conference schedule they played, obviously. <laughs> uh, but that was his first real start against real, like, Division work, uh, Power Five competition. Yeah. I wonder if part of what's going on is he's been coached up and told, hey, you need to be a little more judicious about when you pull it down and run because now we don't have anyone behind you. So if you go down, the season might go down. So maybe don't run around as much. I wonder if that's ha- – I, I don't have any in, intel that that's happened. But didn't he look a little more uncomfortable last week? I mean, he did not look – he didn't look like – Obviously, he didn't look like what we've been told he would look like, but right. that's kind of how things go with Michigan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but didn't he look uncomfortable? He didn't look right to me. I didn't. I didn't see the game, uh, not in its entirety, at least, um, admittedly. But from what I did see, yeah, uh, this is not the JJ that we saw in the beginning parts of the season. And um, I think just quickly to touch on it again, yeah, I think a little, little bit of that had to do with their their non-conference schedule. That's another good talk. I've heard that all week. Did Michigan do itself a disservice yes. by not playing someone with a pulse the first three I th- games? I think they did. What do you think, Brock? You're more yeah. intimately involved with that. Yeah. Are you disappointed that they didn't play someone better in the first yes. three games? You think it hurt them? Yes, very much so. Uh, 
I now, would just, you be saying that if they had lost one of those games? If they lost one of those games, it wouldn't have been quite like Appalachian State in 2007, but pretty close. Hey, think of it this way. Now that Appalachian State went into Texas A&M and won, that loss in 2007, quality loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michigan fans can put that up in their man caves now. <laughs> quality loss. Sure, quality loss. sure. Sure. Um, I've heard a lot about how historically bad U of M's non-conference schedule was. And, and it's heard, right up there. And yeah, well, yeah, definitely. And I've heard from U of M fans that it's just a you know an aberration. It'll well, be better. Well, next year. Not here's, next year. Here's the U of M non-conference slate next year. East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Hey, hey East it, Carolina. East Carolina is probably East the Carolina. most credible of the three. <laughs> uh, but all, Pirates. In, in all seriousness, um Let's see. It's still seven to nothing, Michigan. They're almost at the end of the first quarter, and Iowa just got the ball. They're on their own twenty-two. Has Iowa crossed midfield yet? No, I don't think so. Will they in this game? So. Yeah, they'll cross midfield. I don't know if they're going to score if because they, of a shanked punt or an interception or an interception. Yeah, or a pick, that yeah. that'll be how it happens. Honest to God, like if they want to win, they're going to have to generate at least two turnovers, right? Like that's how Iowa rolls. And speaking of them. Oh, my God. Listen to some of these stats I have on, on this, this Iowa game. Blows my mind. So, listen to this. I saw this stat when I was looking up, um, when I was researching this game this week for my betting intelligence, my mm. betting insights. Six of the last seven seasons, Iowa has forced more interceptions than they've allowed touchdowns against them. That's incredible. That's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, that's a bona fide, <laughs> legit defense. All I'm saying is maybe Alan Haller gives Phil Parker a call. There's some familial ties there back from the Perlis Norm Parker era, and hey, there might be an opening at defensive coordinator pretty soon. Oh my yeah. goodness, uh, Iowa's at midfield. There, it's happened. There it is. Do we count that as crossing the 50, though? Second and eight from the Michigan 50. Spencer Petrus actually completed a pass longer than 20 yards. The Michigan 50. This or, ain't the CFO. Iowa fifty, neutral fifty. Did you who, did you really say the Michigan fifty? I zoned the, out. This ain't this ain't <laughs> CFL guys. <laughs> well, where they, they have a fifty five yard line. Is that how is that how it works? Well, like they, got, they, the the, they got they got to. The, I should say they got to the fifty. But the CFL does have uh, uh, the CFL has a hundred ten yard yeah, field, so it's fifty five yards. Yeah. No way. Yeah, and yeah. there's three. The, did you know there's three downs? Did you know and that? twelve guys on the field? I did know the three downs it's and the twelve guys. It's bizarre and. End zones are not ten yards long, or ten yards deep. They're twenty yards deep, and, and the goal coast, goal, the goal post, post on the goal on line. the goal line. I still like that very much. It's so very that reminds classic. me of like guys cracking their heads open on an NFL films. There's also something called a rouge. Yes, if you have a missed field goal and you got a guy back in the end zone to field it, he has the option to run it out, <laughs> like you would a missed field goal here in the United States, um, or you can take the ball down it. And give the kicking team one, give the team that's kicking one point. Right, which is like, why would you ever do that? Right, isn't it bizarre? Or if the ball, if you, if it's like a short field goal and you miss it and you kick it out of the end zone, that's a rouge. Yep, that's I think one. I found my new vice, fellas. Well, the cool thing is, it happens <laughs> in the football off season. It's right, like summertime. Yeah, and you can find it on ESPN. Or- well, yeah, they start oh. they, they they start training camp in May. Yeah, it's fun. It is kind of fun. They, if you- they have to. It's Canada. They can't play in December and January. It's thirty below zero. It'd be <laughs> right. even more stereotypical though if they did. <laughs> it would. You're right. Now, listen. If you're someone who maybe oh, has- Iowa's in Michigan territory now. Oh my, Michigan it- forty two. 
Good to know. We'll keep updates on that. That's going to be the game, really. If you have a compulsion, by the way, where you miss football so bad, I don't know, maybe because of something with point spreads or something like that, there's always the CFL in the offseason. <laughs> Helpful note there. Listen to some more of these stats I dug up on the Iowa-Michigan game, though. Obviously, the big one everyone's been talking about all week is that in the last six games, Iowa has hosted top five opponents, and Kinnick, they're 5-1. and one. They've won five of those six. So Jim Harbaugh said this week, Kinnick is where top five teams go to die. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's it's true. They've, they've beaten a lot of them. I found this stat, too. Since 2008, 40 times, there have been 40 times since 2008 that an unranked team beat a top five team. Of those uh, 40 times, four of them were by Iowa, meaning they do it 10% of the time. I thought that was kind of impressive. It's a good sample size. It is. Now let's talk specifics. Iowa's defense, legit. Offense, terrible. Stuck in the Stone Age. And even like cavemen would be like, this is bad football, watching Iowa's offense. Which Iowa's- is why it was amazing they <clears throat> scored 27 points last week against Rutgers. Well, that, that's the thing, though. They didn't really. Their defense scored twice. Oh, they did? Oh, okay. Two defensive huh. touchdowns. Listen to this, though. Iowa's defense, number six in the nation, total defense, 236 yards a game, number one in points per game. They've only allowed 23 all season, now 30, but 23 coming into today. That's about five, less than six per game. They forced two fumbles. Recovered two fumbles, rather. Five interceptions through four games. It's just a solid defense, and I don't know why Phil Parker is... If I'm Alan Haller, and I'm really that worried about the defense, then you get rid of Scotty Hazleton, and you ask Matt Ishbia for like $12 million, <laughs> and then you go to Phil Parker and say, six years, we'll make you the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country, $2 million a year. Why not? Also, you don't have to live in the middle of a cornfield anymore. Deal? I'll do it. See you, East Lansing. <laughs> that pen catapulted. <laughs> Good thing to put an eye out. All right, we gotta we gotta get a visual in here. Well, get you like s- a YouTube. You a sell the thing? sponsorship, and we'll do it. <laughs> there you go. Back in a couple. <laughs> okay. oh, we'll bring on David Mad Dog Demarco for Mad Dog's take on the game here on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show for the Price Right RV Studios. I put off making the call. The WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Yeah, taking a look at your uh, weather over in College Park, Maryland. Right now it's 60 degrees and overcast. Showers drizzle throughout the game. The remnants of uh, Hurricane Ian are going to affect, but maybe not as much as uh, originally thought earlier this week. Winds will be a factor out of the northeast, 15 to 20 miles an hour, gusting as high as 30. The high temperature will be 62, low temperature uh, later on in the game somewhere in the mid-50s. Here in East Lansing, it's the exact opposite. Absolutely gorgeous, mostly sunny skies, a high temperature in the upper 60s, almost 70 degrees today. Right now, mostly sunny and 60 degrees. Your uh, travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. 
Welcome back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, live from the Price Right RV Studios on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. Every week we catch up with a friend from the not-so-distant past and a voice that Lansing is very familiar with, a Lansing radio legend. It's time for Mad Dog's Take on the Game with David Mad Dog DeMarco, excuse me, Mad Dog DeMarco, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, one of a kind every time. Blue Moon is a proud sponsor of Michigan State Athletics. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well, Brandon. How's everybody doing in uh, Lansing and East Lansing? Well, uh, as you would say, it's been a lot of Prozac lately with <laughs> MSU football. What's your take, man? Stink. I mean, what what else can I say? Stink. I mean, that was one of the most uh, pathetic losses so far of the season last week. I mean, they go in there and Michigan State couldn't do anything offensively. They couldn't do anything defensively. Um, I mean, it's 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 rough to watch this. I mean, you guys were talking about playing cream puffs at the beginning, and I think it really affected Michigan State. They played, you know, two or three cream puffs, and now they got to play a team today that's it's okay. I mean, Loxley is groomed by Nick Saban. He got an opportunity to coach Maryland. Tua's brother is the quarterback. He's got to be filing his teeth right now against this defense. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, the line dropped, I think, a point overnight. Maybe that's because of the possibility of inclement weather. But, I mean, I'm now a firm believer that, uh, you know, they regressed. I mean, you asked me last week if they lose this game, Dave, which was the Minnesota game, uh, where do they stand? And that was, that, was, that was awful. I mean, they had two bad games, even though Penix is the leading passer in the country, but I mean, they were beatable. They went there and they laid an egg. They went at home and they laid an egg. It's 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 a deflating situation. Can things change? Yeah, wins do that. But then I can say this uh, as a media person: I can look forward. Okay, they got this game. Then next week, they got the the leading guy in the clubhouse for the Heisman, C.J. Stroud, coming in to Spartan Stadium. Ohio State, and he got pulled in the third quarter last year at the horseshoe. I mean, this could be big-time bloodletting in a week. So, I mean, if they can, you know, stop the hemorrhage uh, in College Park today, I mean, it could be a, a little better. It, and then, of course, two weeks, I'm going to be with you guys at homecoming, and there's going to be a lot of alumnus and former players that are scratching their heads going, hey, man, I mean, cart before the horse with the head coach? I mean, you know, and then you're, and Ryan Day's probably in the back of his mind. He's a human being saying, this cat's getting a lot more money than me, and I'm a top-flight coach. Uh, so next week could be really unbelievable. But they start today. They're an underdog on the road. They were an underdog at home. And, you know, with the offensive keys that I'll do momentarily, I mean, Peyton Thorne's got to show up. He's, I, I really thought he was going to be – something special. And I don't know if this name, image, and likeness and the cheese that he has gotten has gone to his head. He was all right last week. But they need other players to stand up. I mean, they, they do. And, you know, and, and again, uh, Coach Tucker is the DB coach, the way I understand it. And uh, it hasn't gotten much better in a year from what we saw last year. What do you guys think? 
Well, uh, Mad Dog Callen here, by the way. I miss you. Um, wondering what, what you would rather have. Would you Talking about the cream puffs thing, would you rather have – as a like, put yourself in the shoes of being an MSU fan, and this is for you know listeners and, and you as well. But would you rather have a, a blowout loss in Week One to to a Power Five opponent, or would you rather have you know a, a, a small win against you know a team like Akron? Well, I mean, I look at it like this, Kellen. Okay, I'm not saying that you can't throw some cream puffs in, but it's like what Alabama did against Texas. You know, they and then listen, their schedule is very. Winnable. They don't have Georgia on a regular schedule, but I mean, they they've gone to Austin and played them. Tom Izzo's philosophy is, you know, well, play anybody anytime. I'm not saying you got to start out playing, you know, SEC teams or you know, start your schedule out with Ohio State or Penn State. But it just it just seems like you know, last year the first game they went to Northwestern, and that's when Kenneth Walker had a coming out party. Well, they don't have a Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's still guys. You know, I thought by now they would have somebody solidified as the top running back. That has not gotten taken care of. And that's what you do against cream puff uh, uh, teams. I'm not saying these teams, I'm, you know, there's fans and, and alumnus in, in the listing area. But, I mean, they're, they're lesser. It's just like what you guys were talking about, Michigan. You know, I look for Michigan to do some, I mean, I, I hear this Iowa defense. They ran right through and passed right through them. But getting back to Michigan State, it's a very puzzling and intriguing situation that uh, it's got to stop right now. What do you make of uh, the media narrative nationally even since last week for Michigan State? And this surprise, I, I figured this out of Detroit media, but national media, has, the narrative has been that Mel Tucker is a fraud already and massively overpaid. And uh, I just feel like that's obviously that's an easy, like low-hanging fruit sports talk argument to make. And I understand why national guys who don't cover the team regularly would, would do that because it's easier than to do some actual research into a topic. But if you actually do look into it, the issue here is is deep-seated, and it's not going to get fixed soon because – as much as people hate hearing the cliche, the cupboard was left really, really bare in terms of talent. Well, I mean, people got really spoiled with the Kenneth Walker era in one mm-hmm. year. And, I mean, that Michigan game when they came back, I think, like you know, I have enough experience and I've worked with you uh, off and on and everybody in that studio that, I mean, sports radio is geared, it's an opinionated, mostly a negative kind of thing. And it's easy to blast somebody out of the water, torpedo somebody. And with this situation, it's even easier when you used to the highest, one of the highest top paid coaches. And, you know, he's 13 and seven getting that kind of contract. But I understand the logic there. They wanted to keep him. He did real well. I think he is a really good coach, but you've got to have players to win. And, and last year they had, you know, they had Kenneth Walker, which helped them a lot. Their defense got exposed against Purdue and then it really got exposed. Uh, against Ohio State, and it hasn't gotten any better. They've had a year to fix this, uh, you know, hole in the wall, and it doesn't look like it looks like it was just like some real easy spackle they put there. Yeah, I mean that's the way it is. As Brock and I always say, that's part of the deal. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a big time coach and you're gonna get big time money, you the residuals are you have to win or at least you have to show up. In these last two games, they have not shown up. And, yeah, you're right, the low-hanging fruit. Uh, hell, that fruit is, like, on the ground now uh, decaying. Yeah, it's <laughs> what it's doing. I mean, people people live to tee off on these situations, and then they just keep yeah. – it's just like a, a bad toothache. They just keep going to it and going to it and going to it. I'm a firm believer you can turn things around. It's just, you know, you got to see something before you can say this could be turned around. And right now I don't see anything. 
For sure. We're talking with David Mad Dog DeMarco. Mad Dog's take on the game brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. Uh, one more thing before we let you give us the uh, offensive keys and dig into whatever else you want. Uh, what do you make then of today's matchup? Like, obviously, last week was a watershed moment. This could be a Waterloo moment <laughs> for Michigan State. What happened? I mean, don't they have to win today or else we're in complete free fall? We've lost cabin pressure. I, I look at it like this, okay? They're, they have six returning defensive starters, seven on offense. Two, his brother, is a good thrower. Uh, like I said, Loxley, uh, you know, was at Alabama as an assistant. He got uh, polished up by Nick Saban. He knows the do's and the don'ts. But then again, Mel Tucker is from that same uh, mentorship, too. I mean, that's really how he got the job of Michigan State by Nick's uh, ringing endorsement. I think Loxley is a good coach. I watched that game against Michigan the whole four quarters. They had a couple opportunities they didn't capitalize on, and now they know they're getting a wounded duck coming in there in the Spartan team, and they, they're at home. They can take advantage of a few things, somewhat like uh, Penix did two weeks with the DBs. I, I think every game is a must-win for every team. I, I mean, it just is. But this is a little bit different circumstance. I think people got caught uh, – you know, blindfolded, thinking, you know, Michigan State was going to come in here. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really blindfold. But, I mean, it's like Valeni used to say when he was my producer, he beat on the beat on the counter, 10 wins, 10 wins, 10 wins. And that, that wasn't realistic then, and I would tell him that. Now it has to be realistic with the transfer portal, NIL, and especially, like you said, the contract that uh, Mel Tucker got. I'm not saying you got to load up, Kellen, and play some heavy hitters at the beginning, but it wouldn't hurt to play at least one to get a taste. And if you get your bell wrong, that's something to something to build on, except, you know, I understand you want to get your, your momentum going and this going, but, you know, then you start playing tougher teams. And it's not, you know, I, I look at state schedule. I mean, you know, there's there's going to be some killer teams, and next week is, is uh, going to be real interesting. How do they respond if they win or lose uh, today? But Loxley's got a good thing going at Maryland, and I hope, you know, that he does, but I, you know, I want Michigan State to do well today. That's all you want Michigan State just to compete and be aggressive, and you know, show a little bit of the speed that they have on offense. Yeah, uh, Dave, uh, do you think uh, the remnants of Hurricane Ian is going to be a factor in this game? Looks like it's going to rain some, uh, maybe not as much as originally thought a couple of days ago, but it looks like the wind's going to be a factor. 15 to 20 mile an hour winds gusting to 30 mile an hour. Uh, which team do you think it helps or hurts more? Well, I mean, both quarterbacks got experience. If, if the wind is a factor, and I don't know exactly the dimensions of the stadium or anything, rain is always going to, weather is always going to be a factor, changing footballs and this and that. But it's part of the game. You play through the elements. Uh, but wind can play a factor. I just, you know, I don't know how healthy Jaden Reed is. I think without him, uh, it, it takes a big chunk of that offense because he's a go-to guy. And again, I mean, they got to get a ground game going. And who's it going to be? Berger, Broussard? Is it going to be an unknown guy? I mean, if I was a, like a, a portal transfer or I was a redshirt freshman, I'd be working my rear off to get in that lineup because there's a lot of opportunity right now for a lot of young players uh, to get a chance. Dave, why don't you get, break down the offensive keys for today's game for us? You got it. Here we go. These are your offensive keys for today's ball game between the MSU Spartans and the Maryland Terrapins. Your old keys are brought to you by today our friends at White Law PLC. At White Law PLC, they use a team approach to solve their clients' legal issues. Call Jamie White and White Law at PLLC. 
517 area code 316-1195. They're located at 2595 Jolly Road in Suite 340, and that's, of course, in Okemos, Michigan. So far this season, MSU's offense has been anemic, to say the least. Against the Cream Puffs, they showed something, but Thorne has been up and down. Maybe the NIL, like I said, has inflated his ego a little bit, but he has to show up against Maryland uh, and then answer the questions. Can State score at all in this game? Reed came off an injury. He needs to be part of the offense again. Maryland has seven returning starters on defense from last season. Their defense has to be salivating like one of Pavlov's dogs to get at Thorne's throat. Again, if Thorne struggles, get the hook. I'm disappointed with his play, and he has to buckle down and be the player and the leader I believe he can be. MSU is a seven-and-a-half-point road dog at College Park today. Can Berger or Broussard get the ground attack going? This MSU team has regressed. A win on the road today can be a big motivator. Mel Tucker has his hands full today. Thorne has to play well, and those are your offensive keys from White Law PLC. I mean, it's pretty basic. I mean, I don't know what the mood is in Michigan State. I've had many people contact me, and they got to be gagging maggots how this has worked out. It's just it's not good. I think the mood is uh, midnight madness is just a couple of weeks away, and they it's did actually the... next Friday, six days from now. Okay, they did the camp out last night. We're already talking about the aircraft carrier game. That's kind of the mood here. Well, I mean, you guys got to admit. I mean, it is pretty incredible that. He got that contract, which, God bless him, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't fault him at all. I mean, what is he going to do, turn that down? But from that, you got to build on that. And this team has regressed. Now, maybe this is what they do after losing a player, Kenneth Walker, and this, that. But they haven't the experienced quarterback there. But their work had to be on the defensive side of the ball also. And and I just don't see it. We I, Like we said in this conversation, you guys talk about it. Brandon, you talk about it on your show. The Purdue game, walk-on, exposed them, and then, you know, Stroud played three quarters. It could have been 80-2 to two in that game last year. Well, it could be 80-2 to two next week. If, if uh, I mean, Maryland's coming off a tough loss to Michigan on the road where they competed, and now Tua's brother is going to be, uh, you know, like I said, he might be salivating and uh, sharpening his teeth up in this game. Or Michigan State could surprise a lot of people and turn things around. I, I just – don't know what to expect, but I sort of know what to expect. That's how I feel, too. Uh, he's David Mad Dog DeMarco. That was Mad Dog's take on the game, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. Dave, it's good to hear from you. We'll hear from you again next week, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Absolutely. You guys have a good one. Enjoy the weekend. To everyone out there, keep your chin up, and uh, we'll talk to you in a week. Thanks, Dave. Take Thanks, care. Dave. All right, that'll 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 do it for the first hour. We're back for a whole nother hour here on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. But before we leave, I want to remind you, Lansing, to make sure to head down to Gravity Smokehouse for all your tailgating needs this football season. Gravity Smokehouse is the official restaurant sponsor of the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, keeping Lansing fed and full. Gravity's meats smoke low and slow with scratch-made sides like mac and cheese baked to perfection with aged cheddar. There's menu items like the brisket burger, which is 100% brisket. They've got smashed burgers, dry rubbed meats. You can't go wrong. Get your tailgate catered from Gravity Smokehouse this football season or catch the game at their restaurant off Cedar Street in Holt. Gravity Smokehouse, the official tailgate restaurant sponsor. 
Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM Lansing and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations. At Blue Moon, we craft 1240 WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Remnants of Hurricane Ian going to be affecting the game today in College Park, Maryland. Uh, over it's overcast right now in 60 degrees but a 90 percent chance of showers could be some fog there as well showers and drizzle throughout the game uh the high temperature uh of 62 winds out of the northeast uh about 15 to 20 miles an hour gusting as high as 30 miles an hour the low temperature tonight later on in the game will be down in the mid 50s the exact opposite of that here in East Lansing. It's absolutely gorgeous today. Mostly sunny skies. 65 degrees right now. It's going to get close to 70 degrees. Absolutely perfect weather for October 1st. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, live from those Price Right RV studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bank Mortgage, Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial, Craig Stiles, DBI, We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, the Nut House and Gazelle Wealth Management. Before we get back into the talk, MSU at Maryland, about two and a half hours away, we'll take you up to 2 p.m., which is when Spartan Media Network pregame coverage kicks in. I do have a, a couple of program notes for you. For those of you uh, who want to hear regular programming on 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ today, it will be available via each station's respective app or website or your various streaming services. And specifically for you Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ listeners, all requests Saturday night will start at 7 sharp, available on the digital streams, the app, the website, all that uh, if you want to hear it terrestrially, it will be joined in progress following network postgame coverage of MSU at Maryland. Okay, take a look around the top 25 scoreboard. From Kinnick Stadium, number four Michigan up 10 to nothing on Iowa. We're four minutes till halftime. We've been tracking this game. Iowa has crossed a half field just once. And Moral victories count for something when your offense is that bad. Heading to the SEC, where number 14 Ole Miss is at home with a 16-6 lead over number 7 Kentucky. We're at the end of the first quarter. This is probably the biggest one so far today. Number 18 Oklahoma on the road at TCU and Horn Frogs up 27-10. That's the first quarter. Gotta love the Big 12, man. Basketball scores. From Minneapolis, number 21, Minnesota, having some trouble with Purdue. 
10 to 3 Boilermakers, about 10 minutes left before halftime. Number 25, Kansas State, fresh off of humiliating Oklahoma and maybe sending their season into a spiral. The Wildcats are up 13 to zip over Texas Tech. We're six minutes till halftime. And then there's one other Big Ten game going on that's not of any ranked fashion, and that is the Wisconsin Badgers uh, with a 10 to 7 lead over the Fighting Illini in Madison right now. Okay. Let's dig back in. MSU at Maryland. We all know what's at stake for MSU today. Feels like you got to draw a line in the sand to start salvaging the season. If it, if it doesn't happen today, October is going to be even worse with the schedule. Ohio State at home next week. Wisconsin at home for homecoming the week after that. A bye week. And then Michigan State goes to Ann Arbor. It's a, it's a murderer's row. This is reminding me of the 2019 schedule where Michigan State made trips to Columbus and Madison back-to-back. And I think the combined scores of those two games was like 85-14 to 14 or something. <laughs> it was bad. It, it it looks like it could be that bad this year, so they have to salvage something against Maryland today or else you know, the wheels are off. If you're wondering about the history, and we're all Big Ten fans, so this matters to us, this will be the um, 13th meeting all-time between MSU and Maryland. State leads 10-2. to Michigan State has won the last four meetings dating back to 2017. Last year, of course, MSU won in Spartan Stadium 40-21. to Maryland last won in 2016. That was uh, in College Park, 28-17, and that should worry you because if they lose to Maryland today in College Park, there's a ton of similarities between this year and 2016. (laughs) Like you just mentioned, they want to avoid that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if if things go as um, unfortunately expected here, uh, those two seasons are, are looking pretty darn similar. Yeah, unfortunately is right. Uh, let's talk about Maryland. So the the book is out on Maryland under Michael Oxley. This is his fourth season. The story is Maryland looks really good in the non-conference. This actually predates Mike Loxley. I feel, feel like as long as they've been in the Big Ten. So you go back to, um, oh, what was his name? The guy who was UConn coach and then Maryland hired him. Randy Edsel. Edsel, yeah. Then the Lions hired him for a while. Oh, yeah, for an office. assistant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like offensive quality control or special offensive analyst. Yeah, a put-out-the-pasture job. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. But even going back to him, as long as they've been in the Big Ten, and so that's since 2014, the story goes they look great in the non-conference, you know, putting up tons of points, and then the Big Ten play happens, and it all comes crashing down to earth. But that didn't really happen so much last week. Hell, they almost pulled off a stunner in Ann Arbor. If they hadn't gifted Michigan a need, an immediate seven-point head start by letting the kickoff go off the returner's face mask, yeah. Yeah. maybe it's a different story. I mean, I was impressed that Maryland went into Ann Arbor and uh, held up against that environment. And the pressure and the psychology of what they've been through. And I'm also impressed that they physically hung in there with Michigan, blow for blow, and responded, right? Losing 34-27, yeah, that sucks. They scored, no a late, they scored a late touchdown with their backup quarterback. Because T- Talia Tagovailoa, he got hurt in that game. We haven't even talked about, you know, is he going to be okay for this game? Well, I think we're more concerned about his brother. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I know this is a college show. Oh, man. <laughs> we won't go there. But I'm, I'm sorry to derail you. Why did they Continue. keep showing that? You're a TV guy, right? So they, Why did they keep showing that? I have a theory. Because the production crew is new. Amazon's, this is their third Thursday night football game in this full season. I think that's part of it. But also... But you're not bringing, 
you know, TV rookies in to help with that broadcast. That's true. I th- like the director's got to know, like, oh my god, this is bad. I think that's why. Because well, yeah, it's a shock. If factor. anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Tua Tungavailoa's uh, horrific injury on Thursday night when he he was he hit the turf really hard, was slammed to the turf in a legal play. Yeah, well, it was a vicious but clean hit. Yeah, yes. and he immediately had a neurological response, which is called the fencing posture. Now, I didn't realize that's what it was right off the bat. I've seen the fencing posture I knew it wasn't before. Good. I knew it wasn't good, well, guys. Well, the fencing when... posture is when you take head trauma and it's bad enough, your arms lock up and go out. I've seen it happen. I've seen Le'Veon Bell get rung. Yeah. No see, pun intended. You've seen boxers have that happen yeah. to them, too. Arms... It happens in hockey, too, like when yes. we had Cronwall. Oh. Yes. Oh. Marty Havlat. You yeah. remember that? Oh, my goodness. Your arms like just Jeez. lock up. But so Tua... He brought his hands to his face mask, and his fingers were all, like, locked up. Like, yeah. he was cramping in his fingers. And at first, I was like, what is going on? And then I thought, holy, is that the fencing response in his hands? Yeah. And sure enough, Twitter exploded with neurological people saying, that's the fencing posture. Yeah. So um, I think part of it was, honestly, I don't think they knew right away that that's what had happened. Because it originally didn't look like he hit his head all that no, hard on right. the on the uh, turf there in, in Cincinnati, but... Man, at first it looked like he was like holding his head like that really hurt. <laughs> but then I you thought see maybe finger. he like broke his fingers or landed funny on like his hand. Oh, like dislocated fingers. Yeah, yeah and, he, and he's right. like looking at him like he still got that adrenaline and the shock, and he's like, "What is going on here?" We've but, seen that before too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I said this on my show, and I'm not uh, trying to dunk on you, Kellen, or no. TV people in general. No. Uh, but that's what my Twitter feed looked like as soon as it happened. It was full of NFL players, past and present, and media types complaining and ripping Amazon for showing the highlight well, so right. many times. My response was, why not be upset at the Dolphins in the NFL for letting him be in the game anyway when four days ago they probably let him play through a concussion? Oh, yeah. That's that's a whole yeah. that's a whole That's other the topic. real issue, isn't yeah. it? That's a whole other topic, yeah. yeah. But yep. in, in terms of the, the, the TV thing, we're all watching it. We only need one replay to realize how bad that is. That's that's it. We didn't need to see it 20 times. Well, I I, I totally agree. But we are a car crash society. Yeah. We Remember like next. to slow down and look when we drive. To, yeah. When we we, we drive say we don't want to look, but it's like, uh, uh, but there are some injuries that are so bad. You're always peeking through your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. There, but the, but there, there are some injuries that are so bad that like broken legs or mm-hmm. dislocated whatever – and you're just like, I don't really want to see that again. But those are, I saw it once. That's enough. Those yeah. are way more common, though, right? When someone blows a knee out. And so, like, the, the TV people have practice. Like, oh, okay, we see what's about to happen. We'll cut away from that. Like what happened, uh, I remember the former Central Florida quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, had such a horrible broken leg injury. Oh, they yeah. showed it once, and they just said, or no, they didn't even show it a second time. They just said, uh, we're not going to show that uh, replay again. It's... Uh, basically too grotesque to show it again it's right. like uh who who is that guy from louisville kevin oh kevin Ware. Oh, yeah, kevin Ware. Oh, one, one of the worst bad. i've ever seen that one was bad i think you could get like an fcc fine for showing that they the showed it they showed it once. through the skin they showed it once and and jim nance who was doing the game on television for cbs that day he literally just told him uh guys do not show that again yeah, ever well, you knew yeah. it was bad because the louisville players came off the bench and started throwing up yeah, when like what saw... happened with Teddy Bridgewater, apparently. Oh, there oh, there was no video of that. Yeah. Ironically, but he's to his were... backup in I Miami know. now. I know. He didn't yeah. look, he didn't look all that bad. 
No, he didn't, but yeah. Uh, what a mess. Anyway, I'm sorry for derailing the Man, show. Man, we, we, we went on a, a tangent. That's off a okay. Tangent. We, could yeah. talk, we could talk about that whole Dolphin situation, I but, think, for the rest of the show if we wanted. Yeah. But Talia, is he going to be 100% because he got dinged up in the, in the Michigan game? He was taken <sighs> yeah. out in the third quarter. Uh, and then got taken out for the last drive of the game, but their their backup went right down the field and got the last touchdown. I talked to a Maryland beat writer from the Washington Post on my show this week and is yesterday and asked her that very question. And so she said, Mike Loxley has adopted what has become the uh, in vogue rote response of coaches in seemingly every level of football. Now they don't give any details on injuries like the Tucker thing. He'll be ready when he's ready to, um, apparently Loxley was very, uh, nondescript about to, uh, Talia's status. And then they talked to Talia later that day and he said, Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'll be out there. So take that for what it's worth. He's going to play. He's probably not a hundred percent. One of their receivers, uh, rock Jarrett, not a hundred percent, but it sounds like he'll probably play. Um, I don't know. I, does it matter? <laughs> That's where I'm where I'm at because the backup quarterback did okay against Michigan, like you said, Brock. Yeah, and this isn't exactly a stiff passing defense they'll be going up against. But again, with the wind, I was going to re- say the weather. Well, the weather. Well, no, all I was going to say was the, the weather might have an impact on on the passing game. Not necessarily the rain. It doesn't sound like it. Just it, it sounds like it's just it's going to rain slightly. Mm-hmm. So they say, but uh, the wind is going to be more of a factor. Up 15 to, to 15 to 20 mile an hour. Gusting thirty, maybe a touch more than that. Hmm, we'll see. Okay, uh, but not like that Bills Patriots Monday Night game from a couple years ago. Oh, oh! You mean last year? Was that, that last was, year? It was like fifty mile an hour winds. Yeah, where they only could run the ball and punt, and the Patriots won somehow. Was that last year? Yes, it was. Yeah, so not quite like that, but still not good. No, no, and I yeah, it's going to be a factor. And if it rains more than the forecasts say. Well, then if you're the quarterback, you have two things. One, get the ball from center. Two, hand the ball to the running back. Three, get the heck out of the way. Right. Yeah, you know, traditionally, in a conventional setting, I would say this, I would say Michigan State is getting Maryland in a prime spot. And here's why. Maryland had a huge, huge emotional investment to get up for that game last week. It was a chance for them to rewrite the book on their program to start Big Ten play on the road at Michigan, the number four team in the country, and win. And silence everyone who said, typical Maryland, looks great non-conference, conference play, they come crashing down to earth. They almost did it. Almost doesn't cut it, though. There are no moral victories. So normally you would say, oh, this is upset alert. They're coming home for a natural emotional letdown. But in order for another team to seize on that, they have to be competent and competitive. And I just don't know how you could feel good. The line is Maryland minus seven and a half now. I, how could anyone feel confident that uh, State can hang with someone, let alone on the road, with that kind of passing attack? And I'm not trying to be negative Nancy for radio purposes, honest to God. I, I'm literally asking, how could you feel good about State going into this matchup, even with the emotional letdown potential Maryland is facing? I'm just going to say real quick, I took Maryland alternate line. Which was, well, there were other, there were a bunch of options, but I took I took minus twelve and a half. Wow! Whoa! <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's ridiculous. It's the, with, seven and a half wasn't good enough for you with, with Michigan State's defense. I mean, I mean yeah, it's you're, obviously you're not crazy, right? You're not crazy. I could be a little bit, and you know, you could tell me I was crazy, and well, I'd be like, okay. I think the reason that line was available at what I'm guessing were excellent odds is because not of, really. 
Well, then why did you do it? Because <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it's going to hit. I, I the weather would keep me from going that far. Yeah, that, I, that's why I think this could be a lower scoring game, and that might benefit Michigan. State. I haven't I I haven't touched totals this year because I just feel like every time I think it's going to go you over, can't, you it'll can't go even under. you can't even hardly bet the over unders this year, right? Because it's just so screwy. It's so screwy. Yeah. Yeah, it's well. I mean, that's why those buildings in Vegas are so tall and shiny. Yes. Indeed. All right, take a break. Great Come views. back. We'll get more into that. We have. Um, we'll talk about some point spreads before we get out today. Back in a few here on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. At Blue Moon, we WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Yeah, the remnants of Hurricane Ian going to affect the game today. How much? Well, we're not sure, but it is going to affect it. Right now, it's overcast and 60 in College Park, Maryland. Uh, 90% chance of showers. Could be a little bit of fog as well. Uh, Some light rain throughout the day, but not major uh, accumulation. The bigger deal is going to be the wind. Northeast uh, winds, (coughs) excuse me, 15 to 20 mile an hour. Gusts up to 30 miles an hour. Uh, The temperatures when we get later on in the game, when when it gets uh, close to uh, dark out, and it will get dark. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, low temperature will be in the mid-50s. The complete opposite here in East Lansing. Mostly sunny skies, 65 degrees right now. It's going to get close to 70 degrees later on today. Just a perfect fall day. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ live from the Price Right RV Studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, MSU Federal Credit Union, and Gravity Smokehouse. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about, m- more about them, so make sure to head down to Gravity Smokehouse for all your tailgating needs this football season. Gravity is the official tailgate, uh, White Law PLLC tailgate sponsor, restaurant-wise, so keeping Lansing fed and full all football season. Gravity's meats, they're smoked low and slow. Tons of great scratch-made sides like mac and cheese baked to perfection with aged cheddar. Menu items like the brisket burger, which is 100% brisket. They've got smashed burgers, dry-rubbed meats. Hell, you can't go wrong. Get your tailgate catered this football season, all football season, from Gravity Smokehouse. Or catch the games at their restaurant off Cedar Street and Holt. It's Gravity Smokehouse, the official tailgate restaurant sponsor. Take a look at the top 25 scoreboard before we dig back into a little more MSU and college football talk in general. Number four, Michigan at halftime. I think they probably got enough points to seal this one at Iowa. They're up 13 to nothing. Just about halftime, Ole Miss, number 14 Ole Miss, leading number seven Kentucky, 19 to 12. I didn't realize Ole Miss was undefeated. I didn't know they were one of the 4-0 teams. Yep, at some someone has to lose that game. Bring your popcorn. And number 18, speaking of losing games and popcorn, <laughs> I don't know how popcorn's applicable. Maybe well, because you, you want to watch a meltdown happen. 
Number 18, Oklahoma, having big-time trouble on the road at TCU. They're down 34-10, to 10, well, and there's still 10 minutes left till halftime. Well, you know, popcorn is a great snacking option, and we do know that defense is optional in the Big 12 conference. Wow. That's why you do this job. Wow. Wow. Thank you. You need to put that on your tape, on your reel. Send that out ASAP. <laughs> My reel to reel. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's head to Minneapolis. There's two minutes till Only half-time. a slight stretch, guys. Uh, two minutes till halftime in Minneapolis. Number 21, Minnesota, having trouble with Purdue. Boilermakers up 10 to 3. It's halftime in Manhattan, not New York, Kansas, where Kansas State, number 25, Kansas State, enjoying a 13 to 10 lead over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. And then one other Big Ten game going on right now Illini, 14 to 10 leading at halftime, 14 to 10 in Madison. Man, Wisconsin's Ooh. got issues. You're right, Kellen and Brock. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's Michigan their, State will win that game. Yeah, maybe that's their saving <laughs> grace this October. Another reason why this game against Maryland is so, so important to them. Like I said, the, the, we've well, we've all said it, not just me. Uh, of the next three games after this one, Wisconsin is the most winnable of the three. Yeah. You would think the way things are playing out right now. Yeah, if, if you're someone who hasn't given up the ghost yet, State has to beat Maryland today, and then maybe Wisconsin can bail them out, and they get out of October four and four. I think you have to go two and two in the next four games to have a chance. Yeah, have a chance for a bowl game, a halfway decent bowl. Yeah, halfway decent. I mean, if they if they go into November four and four though, then they're going to Illinois. I mean, I'm not nothing's guaranteed, particularly this year. Oh, correct. Yeah, but. If they're four and four going in November, I would shoot higher than just a bowl game, right? Because they would have Illinois at Illinois, home versus Rutgers, home versus Indiana, and then at Penn State. Wouldn't you be shooting for seven and five? I think you could. Or I think that you know, be fair. Penn State maybe by that point has been brought down to earth by Michigan and Ohio State, yeah. so maybe you feel a little bit different about that too. I don't know. And then maybe James Franklin can figure out a way to lose another game like he usually does. He usually does it once or twice a season. So see, that was at Penn State, right? See Illinois last year. State is at Penn State this year. Okay. Yep. Yeah, late season at Penn State. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. But um, if Penn State's not playing for anything. Also true. I don't know. I, I have, It's a tough read. Um I get it. You know, James Franklin usually is not good in big spots on the road. That's why first pick even of the at season, home. That's true. My Sometimes first, at home. My first pick of the season, though, I picked Purdue in that opener Thursday. Night I did game. too. Uh, but look, and Purdue should have won that game, but they just because they can't run the ball. I uh, don't know that it's can't. It's won't. Eh. And give him credit though, because if they had tried to run the ball and lost that game because they were getting stuffed by being conservative, you would be saying he tightened up and puckered and didn't run his offense down the stretch. So he's we would have all done this. Yeah, we would have said the same thing. Yeah. So um, I, I tough read on Penn State here. Like I do a weekly power rankings on my show, and I'll tell you the last two weeks, Penn State has been number one. And it's not because I my power rankings are not um, indicative of who would beat whom. It's more of a meritocracy. An eye test? No, meritocracy. Okay. Penn State went on the road twice against Power Five teams in the first four week, first three weeks, and won, including oh, Auburn. At Auburn. That was impressive. Tell me the last time any Big Ten team went on the road twice in the non-conference against Power Five teams. We're here till two. I don't think anyone on this show can remember that. So the fact that they scheduled it, and then the fact that they did it, right? So I, I reward them for that. I, does that mean I think they're better than Ohio State? No. Do I think they're better than Michigan? No. In fact, I think two weeks from now. They will pull their pants down and show their rear end in Ann Arbor like they usually do. 
and they have my whole lifetime except for the pandemic year. Brock, you watch Michigan all the time. Outside of the pandemic year, when was the last time Penn State won? Well, not even won. Played well in Ann Arbor. Well, I mean... I'm asking, seriously, because I genuinely can't remember. Well, like I said, in, you know, 1994 with Kerry Collins and Kajana Carter, that great team that they had, they went into, into Michigan and won a close game. I think they've won one or two other times as well, but it hasn't been you know, all that often. Uh, yeah, you got to throw out the pandemic year. Um, but um, and, I mean, you don't and, have to. And of course, and of course, last year, <laughs> and of course, last year, Penn State probably should have won that game. But you know, uh, well, it was at Ma- Penn State though. Ma- McNamara, McNamara did throw that touchdown to Eric Hall, well, yeah, which, which saved about, Michigan season. I'm talking about in Ann Arbor though, because that's where the game is in two weeks, and it's going to be a big one. They're both probably going to be undefeated, probably. And I'm just saying, like, I can't remember Penn State playing well there outside of the pandemic year. Honest to God, I can't. We'll have to look it up. I'm sure they've won there in my lifetime, but I think it was at least when Joe Paterno was there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, 1994, okay. where they should have got at least a share of the national title. But the That's the last time you can remember they won? Off the top of my head. I bet that's probably right. Yeah. Because I can't remember and, and it Michi- happening. And Michigan was very good that year. Penn State was a little bit better. Yeah, look, they're loaded with talent, as usual. But that's not the issue. It's like the opposite of Michigan State. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what do you guys make of the Big Ten so far? Let's dig into that. Like The problem with like the polls, and Tim always says this, Kellen. Yeah. Tim always complains about the polls at this point in the season because it rewards teams for playing nobody. And, you know, we talked earlier with Dave this is what actually we talked about this the week after the uh, Washington game. If I'm Michigan State, I wouldn't have scheduled the Washington game because college football is about sex appeal. It's about uh, points, style points. So what I'm saying is, look what Michigan did in the non-conference, and they got ranked fourth in the country for it. Right? Which I still am shocked. They scheduled yeah. no one, yeah. and they benefited from it. Yeah, Michigan's that. not the fourth-best team in the country right now. But, I mean, it, it, right. That, right, but also they benefited from scheduling that embarrassing non-conference. What incentive is there to schedule like a power five, a true Power 5 road game in the non-conference? I don't see it. Well, the, the thing is, is you're t- talking about everything you guys talked about. What's also very important is keeping that zero in the loss column yeah. before you enter conference play. Mm-hmm. These days in college football, if you lose one game, but it's to a really good team, whether it's home or on the road, it almost doesn't matter, you still have a chance to get yourself to the college football playoff if you're in a Power 5 conference. But, you know, you lose two games, you're pretty much done, and you're just hoping to get into a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I just I don't see the incentive to schedule, like, a legitimate, and I'm not talking about going to play Alabama on the road. I mean, a Power 5 opponent. I don't see the benefit of scheduling that in the non-conference. If, if I'm Michigan State, what would Michigan State be in better position now if instead of scheduling the game at Washington, they had brought Central here? I think the answer is a resounding yes. They would be three and one, and we be we wouldn't be talking about the end of their season if they lose today, right? What's the but incentive? It's the, it's the quality of opponent. Like Michigan brings in or MSU brings in Central Michigan and kicks the crap out of them. It's expected, you know. If, right, if, but if, you're if, three and zero, oh, and probably at that point, state would probably have been ranked like in the top ten. I mean, and college yeah, when football you do, is about that it's, stuff. Yes, yeah, the wins and losses, but well, and, and the appearance value. College football. Oh, the, the eye test. Well, college football's history right. is about deciding in things not on the field, but on paper and in the minds of sports reporters. It's so, a little bit less so now with the college football playoff, and it's going to be even still, less so. But still, 
How do you get into the college football playoffs? By a subjective poll decided by a group of people with a bunch of spreadsheets and papers and conversations yeah. in a closed door meeting. Yeah. It is not co- Tim said last week because I was bringing the same point up. I'm saying I I don't see how Michigan State benefited from scheduling Washington. I see it as a huge mistake and it cost them. And Tim said, "Well, then why is it okay for Izzo to do this and schedule that murder? Because at the end of that season, there's a tournament every year, and you don't you can afford to lose." Ten games you have and a still lot get more, in. You have a lot more margin for error. I mean, College what? football that you lose true. in September, you might as well, in some cases, eliminate yourself from the playoff discussion. What? M- Michigan basketball lost, what, 12 games in the regular season? 12. You know where they ended up? In the Sweet 16. Yeah, so it's completely different. Completely. I just don't see, honestly, and I get it, for fan value, you would rather see your team play an actual opponent. and. Have a compelling opponent, and I understand what Tim and I understand what Tim's talking about when he talks about that. You want for your season ticket holders, for ticket holders, you want to sell tickets. Yeah, but my point was he's <laughs> he was saying you guys disagree, and that's okay. No, he was saying if Michigan State brings Washington in here like they will next year, that's so much better than them bringing in Central. Is it? Is it going to sell that many more tickets? Because it ain't Ohio State or Michigan, right? And you do get CMU fans coming in too. There's that. Also, you win that game. Probably. Yeah. Pretty much guaranteed because it's not the 80s or 2009 anymore. But, but who much, knows this year? Yeah, I, I guess you know my, my point about not trying to schedule cupcakes is, is just like you said, how does that prepare you for the Big Ten side of things and, and playing important games down the stretch? You're right. It doesn't. But also, college football is That's so true. It's a complete, sex appeal. Yeah, it's a different sport. So would you rather be 2-1 yeah. and one, having played a real good team or 3-0 and oh and ranked like number 10, right? That's where I'm coming from at it. We can talk more in a minute, but first, got to get to break, and Tim Stout will take us there with the defensive keys. Time now for the defensive keys to today's Michigan State at Maryland game brought to you by Joe Gazelle and his firm, Gazelle Investment in Wealth Management. Well, where do you start? I mean, the Spartans gave up 39 at Washington, 34 to Minnesota, sustained drives and quick-hitting plays. If you've watched the Spartans, you know where their problems lie defensively pretty much everywhere, certainly in the secondary. But can Michigan State's linebackers help get some pressure on the quarterback, Talia Tagovailoa? He is a very mobile quarterback. He gave Michigan fits all last week. To me, that's going to be an entire key. Can you contain the Maryland quarterback who was so good and made life so tough for Michigan last week? If it was tough on the road at Michigan, what could it be for this game this afternoon? Michigan State's defense has got to keep the quarterback in its sights. All right, the defensive keys are brought to you by Gazelle Investment and Wealth Management. Just a quick click away at gazellewealth.com. Gazelle Investment and Wealth management they bring you the defensive keys every week on the tailgate show here for the michigan state game today at maryland as a financial advisor 40 wjim traffic center driven by shaheen chevrolet and cadillac relax and enjoy the shaheen difference the remnants of hurricane ian probably going to affect uh, today's game in uh, in college park maryland uh it's going to be overcast uh, good chance of a uh, good chance of rain. Showers and drizzle. Not major rain, but the wind's going to be a bigger factor. Wind six, uh, 15 to 20 miles an hour out of the northeast, gusting as high as 30 miles an hour. High temperature of 62. It'll get down in the mid 50s by the time the game is over with. Uh, as far as weather here in East Lansing, it's the exact opposite. 65 degrees, absolutely gorgeous. It's going to get up to uh, close to 70 degrees later on this afternoon. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. 
This is the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian Wine. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back. Whitelaw PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Live from those very same Price Right RV studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bake Mortgage, Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial, Craig Stiles, DBI, We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nut House, and Gazelle Wealth Management. All right, guys, we just have a couple of minutes here. Let me let me one last time take you around the country on the top 25 scoreboard. Michigan just kicking off the second half. They're up 13 to nothing at Iowa. Number 7, Kentucky, trailing number 14, Old Miss, on the road. It's 19 to 12. Number 18, Oklahoma, in all sorts of trouble. It's 34-17 at Texas Christian with about four minutes before halftime. Speaking of halftime, Purdue is leading in Minneapolis 10-3 at halftime. And number 25, Kansas State, up 13-10 over Texas Tech in Manhattan, Kansas, 15 minutes to go. And Well, I guess it's just the start of the third quarter, rather. And then if we look at one other Big Ten game, it's halftime in Madison where the Fighting Illini are leading Wisconsin 14-10. to All right, we've got like two minutes before we can make our predictions on MSU and Maryland. But first, I wanted to pick your brains a little bit on some college football point spread action as Kellen just is destroying the studio. You might as well just hold the mic the rest of the way like that. I think I'm going (laughs) to. I've done it. I've done it twice. Every time I – I don't know. I just want you to know Town Square Media has a strict if you break it, you buy it policy. Oh, God. These things are absurdly expensive. (laughs) All right. Let's let's take a look here. All right. um, Hmm. One that really appeals to me today, number 22, Wake Forest at number 23, Florida State. Seminoles lay in seven at home, 330 on ABC. This is one of those games where weather has got to really impact sports betting and, and how you handicap this game. Also, there's this Wake Forest coming off their Super Bowl. They had Clemson beat and then blew it, lost to him in double overtime in Winston-Salem last week. So they're ripe for a... An emotional letdown kind of game. Plus, they can't run the ball, which you kind of need to do when a hurricane passes through Florida, right? Yeah. What do you know? The Seminoles can run the ball, and they're a pretty good defense, too. Time of possession-oriented offense on the ground. This seems to me like almost free money, Seminoles laying seven. What do you guys think? I think so. It's the best Florida State team they've had since Jameis Winston was there. Uh, I, they're a big surprise. They're what, they're one of the, I don't want to say unknown surprises, but uh they are kind of under the radar surprise uh, in the in this country. They're not like a big surprise like uh, Kansas is. Yeah, I, I totally buy that. And Mike Norvell, I, this is a big game for him too. It's an opportunity to further solidify his job status because. Coming into this year, the calls for Coach Prime were getting quite loud among the Florida State fan base. And now Coach Prime is now being mentioned for possibly taking over for Brian Harson at uh, Auburn at mm. some point. And wouldn't that be juicy with all the commercials that he does with Nick Saban? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, especially after Sa- – I thought that was going to be an awkward commercial shoot after in the offseason Saban said, how do you think ja- – what's the school? Jackson State? Jackson State. How do you think Jackson State got the number one player in the country? They paid him. They bought him. Well, with NIL. But Coach Prime said that's not how they got him. Who am I supposed to believe, guys? 
the Aflac duck. <laughs> <laughs> or the goat in that commercial, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Because there are two goats. Well, three goats in that commercial. How about this one? One more before we make our predictions. Probably the sexiest game on the slate. Number two, Alabama. At number 20, Arkansas. The Hogs getting 17 at home. I, you know, I'm... Obviously, my gut reaction is to take Alabama to cover because he just lays waste to most of the SEC. But I can't shake the the thought of what happened at Texas. Seventeen. Ooh. Ooh. I can't shake the memory of what happened at Texas yeah. three or four weeks ago. And seventeen is a huge number on the road for anyone, even even Saban. Three thirty on CBS. I'm not saying um, you guys should play that game or even asking if you did. But if you were to hypothetically. Isn't it crazy to pass up Arkansas, number 20, Arkansas, getting 17 at home? Even 17 and a half now. Even getting 17 mm. and a half, Brock was right, uh, with Alabama in town. Isn't it crazy to pass up? That's crazy value, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I, think, it, I think it is. It's an l- awful lot of points. Speaking uh, of an awful lot of is points. Is Alabama that good? I think so, but the thing is, that can be negated by an inferior team getting up for it more, like we saw in Austin three or four weeks ago. Quickly before we make picks, uh, North Carolina State at Clemson. Big game in the ACC, two undefeated teams, two top ten teams. Yeah, I know. North Carolina State getting seven on the road. I get it. It's Death Valley, and where teams go to die. Not top five teams, though. That's Kinnick. But there's a hurricane passing through, and it's a rivalry game. Yeah, Clemson's and DJ Uyunglele is still the quarterback for Clemson. And did you see how he played against the Wolfpack last year? I'm not picking NC State to win, but I like them getting seven in okay. this game. Yeah, I do too. All right, let's talk about the one we have to talk about. <laughs> so Michigan State getting seven and a half on the road at Maryland today. Go ahead and tell me your thoughts on the point spread and then straight up. Whoever wants to go first. Go, go Kellen. I like Maryland. Uh, 27 to 14 is my prediction. I got uh, I got Mich- I got Michigan State falling to Maryland 24-21. And oh, if, you got a close one. And if the weather is even worse, the score could be less than that. That might help Michigan State, but force me to pick 24-21 Maryland. I get what you're saying, and I think naturally this would be a good spot for any team to play Maryland and, uh, and an opportunity for an emotional letdown after what happened last week. But Michigan State just can't do anything well in football except punt. And last I checked, you don't score points off of that. So I don't see how they can keep close with any competent team, let alone on the road. I'll take Maryland 34-10, to unfortunately. And that'll do it for the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Thanks again to our sponsors, White Law PLLC, Price Right RV, Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Chupan Sons, Gravity Smokehouse, MSUFCU, Dark Bank Mortgage, Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial, Craig Styles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. We're back next week, Michigan State hosting Ohio State. It'll be a 1230 to 230 tailgate show here. Until then, be safe, be good, and go green.